Friends in Christ, as we gather together around the word, John chapter 1 contains some of the most familiar words ever spoken about Jesus. Look, the Lamb of God, and we never end there, do we? Who takes away the sin of the world. Locate him, listen, and then link. Link your life to his, but also link others. Let's take a look at this text. I'm going to start over on the East Coast, off of Virginia. A young man, uh, just about uh, 30 years old, decided a couple weeks before he went out spearfishing with his friends to get a personal locator beacon. Cost him a couple hundred dollars. Ended up being the best investment for his life. They went out to Chesapeake Light Tower, and underneath there, it was known to be uh, quite uh, prolific with uh, large fish. And they were so concentrating on uh, limiting out, which they did, they didn't realize their boat was filling up and the bilge wasn't keeping up. It's getting windier and windier, colder and colder as the storm was rolling in, and they were in danger. At the, at the point at which it began to literally tip and turn, uh, the owner, captain of the boat, said, we got to get out, it's going over. And they had less than 30 seconds. So a man named Tan grabbed his uh, duffel bag, and as it went over, they jumped into the water, he pulled it with him, and they climbed back up onto the top of the now capsized boat. Two of them swam to the tower, uh, but that was also getting to be very dangerous. He put on the PLB, the personal locator beacon. Now this is a story that turns out good. All six of them are rescued because of that beacon, because they were found. They began to drift quite a bit away. Perhaps those on the light tower would have made it, but even the weather was against them. And so uh, at a point that uh, she would never would have expected, his wife, Brooke, got a phone call from the Coast Guard saying, do you know where your husband is? And she said, he's out fishing. And they said, we guessed that because his beacon is calling in an uh, emergency. Now, I'll finish the story in just a moment. But I want to talk about how John was a beacon pointing to Jesus, how the light of Epiphany says, look at him. And it's not a small thing, it's a huge directive. Look, because this is the way that God has shown our salvation. Like John, we point to him. Locate. Look what he has done. The first five verses are going to be that uh, typical story, the power of the story uh, of John the Baptist. Uh, seeing the dove come down on Jesus as Jesus began his ministry. And what you're going to see is that he becomes the one who carries the load. Do you remember a few pictures of the lamb from the Old Testament? The lamb was laying uh, onto the altar and slain. And the reason for that was because from the very beginning, sin had, like water, threatened life. Sin is like water in that it surrounds us. And you know that. The older you get, the more it hurts to see 
sin in your own life and sin in your children's life and sin in your grandchildren's life. And you can't stop it. The danger of drowning is the water takes away the oxygen. And the danger of sin is the oxygen of Scripture. The oxygen of this pointing towards Christ. And whether it's water or sand or sin, it is a burden that will cause our lives to collapse. The story was of a small town that lay on a river. Everybody knew the river. Everybody played along the river as it came in from the coast. But it was uh, kind of a, a mixture of sand and clay. And two boys were running uh, along the shore. They didn't realize that the water had undercut the bank and that there was a drop hole. Running along um, in the early morning, and they both fell into what became quicksand. Interestingly enough, uh, the older one had enough uh, in his head to think more about his brother. When they did not show up, uh, the rescue team went out to try to find the two boys. They found the, they found the footprints. They tracked them. They figured out that uh, they were headed this way. When they got there, they found the younger one unconscious, buried up almost to his chin. The sand had literally almost taken his breath away, and by that point, um, he was really a very short time in this world. They didn't uh, revive him until they had dug down to his waist, and when he finally came to, they said, where's your brother? And he said, I'm standing on his shoulders. You know, that's what we do. That's kind of a, a, kind of a frightening picture, but it, that's what we do. We stand on our brother's shoulders. We go to the Lamb of God and we take everything that's wrong and we place the burden on Him. He becomes the transference. We know that from Isaiah 53, and the Lord laid on Him the iniquity of us all. But we can't really comprehend how big of a burden that is until we are in that repentant mode. We realize how damaging sin is in our own life. How dangerous the water, the sand, the sin. And then we turn and say, God, help me. You remember, of course, whether it was uh, uh, the man that Jesus pointed out in the temple, but repentance is the whole theme of John the Baptist as Jesus was coming. And it's that forceful declaration, look, that any Jew would connect with the Passover. Look, because there's something happening with this man that fulfills everything that we've been practicing in our faith until now. Look how many are, are saved by his unselfish act. First uh, John 2 will say uh, that he is the atoning sacrifice, and not only for ours, but for the sins of the whole world. So when we say we're standing on his shoulders, when we say he carries our burden, that is precise, along with the whole world. The only way it makes sense is that this is God's only Son. Exactly what He proclaimed. In terms of language emphasis, the, the burden is uh, transferred uh, like uh, a weight of sand, a, a weight of water. Uh, it is transferred to Jesus and removed. He carries the results. And that's why we call it good news. 
Now listen, hear what he has said. It's interesting that uh, John is going to push forward and say you should follow Jesus. The next day John was there again. He says it again with two of his disciples, look the Lamb of God. And when they hear that, they follow Jesus. You have to listen in the right direction. The first part of this text is worthy of hours of study. I could preach long and hard on those first verses. The, the fact of the matter is that this text, as it's put into our hands, carries us from what we call appropriation to application. Appropriation is when we take what God has given us in Christ. Application is when we take off with it and do the things that God has created us to do. The disciples were following Jesus to find their Savior. So this middle paragraph is sort of a transition to where they become part of the locating team. The disciples transition from John to Jesus. And uh, it moves very rapidly from what Jesus did to the whole rescue mission. It's going to show that it isn't just about the disciples, but it's about the whole world. Look, the Lamb of God who takes away the sins of everyone. The Jewish culture had this as a battery power. Through everything that they celebrated, and it goes back to the original Hebrew, which was Abraham. There again, you could spend a long time in chapter 22 of Genesis. You have to tie back to the sacrifice requested of Abraham. He was to put Isaac on the altar and give him to the Lord. And while he had a knife extended and was about to drive it into his own son, the Lord, through the angels, said, Look, and there it again, just like with John, he pointed to a ram caught in the thicket. There is where the Lord provides. So in this very place where Abraham was given that gift of his son back again, as good as resurrected, says Romans, this was the beginning of that whole sacrificial concept that would be woven through the Jewish culture. It would be there as a sign of life. It would be there that the rescue was worth going after. And you know how that works with rescue missions. We don't always know in an avalanche or in a, a, a boating accident if they're still alive, but we don't stop going, right? Christ came. He came to save. He looks for the lost, and he wants to rescue. Unique how stories can uh, help us at least open up a little bit of the concept. Uh, a pastor in the South, I began my ministry in Texas, went to a sheep farm. Um, how many of you have ever touched a lamb? You ever touched a lamb? Their wool? Yeah, it's, they're, they're more than fuzzy. That wool is just what it feels like uh, when you uh, weave it. it. It's fluffy. It's got its own consistency. Uh, what a beautiful thing God has given to the sheep and to us through them. But as this uh, uh, seminary professor went out to the sheepfold, he saw something unusual and drew attention to the owner. He said, I see a sheep with two heads on it. That looks like an absolute wonder to me. And the owner kind of chuckled and said, you are a city slicker, aren't you? 
you, you would know if you were around sheep what we did. And uh, he said, I have no idea. I didn't know that sheep could have two heads. And he said, well, this one has two heads because there were two ewes that gave birth to two lambs. One of the ewes passed away, died in the weather, and so did the other's lamb. And so we wanted to bring this lamb to the mother, and when she sniffed him, she wouldn't have him. So you know what we do, sir. And the seminary professor said in the end, this was one of the strongest pictures he had ever conceived of to show what Jesus, the Lamb of God, did. They took the hide, the skin, and the head of the other little lamb and wrapped the lamb in it. And when she smelled her own, she began to nurse and the little lamb was rescued. To think, to think that we are rescued by the, the gift of a lamb who carries the sin away. We are the lamb's locating team. What's going to happen is it goes from the, the fact that you see the lamb of God, it goes to listening to him and learning from him, and then it is linking uh, everyone to him. The message is very clear in this text. Andrew, Simon Peter's brother, was one of the two who heard what John had said and who had followed Jesus. After spending a day with Jesus, the first thing he did was find his brother Simon and tell him, we have found him. And he uses the term the Messiah here, the one who came to fulfill all of the prophecies. This message is the same message that's going to repeat itself throughout the New Testament. In uh, 1 Peter chapter 2, he'll say he has called us out of darkness into his wonderful light. You realize, don't you, that the, the concept of Lamb of God means death for Jesus, but life for us. That beauty is what we celebrate all the way through when we're in this part of the church here. Because we're looking at Jesus, we're looking at his life from baby until his resurrection and his ascension into uh, eternity to rule. We are looking at how he accomplished this gift, the gift of light and the link to the Lamb. Show them the way to his house. Um, whether it's Ephesians 5, where it says that he is the sacrificial uh, lamb uh, that he might uh, be our uh, rescuer, to uh, 2 Corinthians 4, where it says we see this grace displayed in the face of Christ. Um, in the NIV, it says uh, face of Christ. In the EHV, it says person of Christ. Um, either one is, is a good translation. Uh, when you encounter a person, what do you do? You always look them in the face, don't you? You always connect with them, and they become very personal to you as you dialogue with them up close. Once you have done that, and you know that the Lamb of God is real, that the Lamb of God has rescued you, that the Lamb of God is the one who has saved you, you will be thankful and grateful. Back to the helicopters. There was a helicopter training mission uh, just a few miles away. Uh, they were actually training to rescue when the call came in 
they had been in touch with Brooke, the wife, and uh, in less than two hours, they had fully located where they were so that they wouldn't lose the helicopter. And they went out, uh, put down those baskets, and brought up the other four. Then they went to the uh, light tower and picked up the other two. All six rescued with no complications. There is something that happens when everyone begins to share this. Um, in the later uh, year of my ministry at Our Savior, we brought in Eric Recker, the uh, um, evangelism coordinator, and uh, we were one of the pilots for a new uh, outreach effort that says it's not just pastors or teachers, but it's the whole congregation. And I've already seen that in just a few weeks here at Water of Life. It's teachers and students in the school, and, and they really do shine a light. It's people like Gavin from the northern campus who has his own unique testimony. And it's our, even our shut-ins, whether it's Marianne Miko here or Scott uh, Tangersom. You know, there are the, the different uh, roles that each of us play. But one thing you can do, and I, I get it every Tuesday morning and every Friday morning at 7 a.m., I get a text from Eric's office that gives a passage and then a reminder, shine the light, show the lamb, do what John did, point to him and say, look, and you can do that. Contact the office or, or get in touch with me. I'll, I'll share with you how you can get that done. It's a reminder that we have something that no one else has. In Christ we have release and rescue. Amen.